Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Higdon. This is Transformed to Freedom. Happy, I guess, actually, I think I wish y'all Thanksgiving last week. I hope y'all had a, had a happy Thanksgiving, had a good time, had some time off. Um, that's what I did. I kind of took the time off. Um, since I don't really live by my family, I didn't spend it with my family. I just kind of took a couple days off. It was kind of nice and then got to, uh, you know, just sit back and relax a little bit. Um, so it was nice. Hope yours was good too. Um, I see, uh, I see you all are already um, in the chat. So before I actually get completely started, I, I do want to say thank you very, very much, Robbie, uh, who says my allergies and ben and the Benadryl required for them are playing havoc on my sleep schedule. So I am posting this early in case I fall asleep. Loves you. Thank you so much for the twenty dollars super chat. Um, hope you feel better. And yes, I mean, sleep's good when you're on Benadryl, but yeah. Um, welcome Darren. Thanks for joining for the first time to a live video. Um, yeah, we kind of have fun on here. It's good. As you see, John has already kind of started. Um, I'm not wearing a, a tank top tonight, as you see. Um, it is freezing outside, but my house has heat. Um, the studio has heat. So I don't need to wear a vest like my friend Ariel, which I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to go check that out. So, yeah. Um, interesting stuff happening this week. Um, it was actually kind of a slower news weekend uh, for the most part, but we got some stuff to talk about, including this little ditty that I, I honestly I was gonna I had everything loaded up. I, I was scrolling my phone on Twitter, and this caught my eye, and so I kind of wanted to uh, like literally right before I came on the on um, th this was interesting. So. Do I have heat in my Subaru? Um, I don't have a Subaru. And actually, my car is in the shop. Sore subject. Don't really want to get into it. But it's going to cost a lot of money to fix. And I'm not happy about it. Um, but it needs to get done. So coolant leaks that cost, um, cost a ton of money to fix. Because you have to replace all these gaskets and stuff. I don't know. It sucks. Um... But here's this. Oh man, I don't. I, I don't. I don't even know what to say about this. So, without just playing this. So this is the Secretary of Education, who's in charge. You're right. I'm not a lesbian, because I'm male. I'm also bisexual, so it doesn't work. Um, yeah. <laughs> I get it, John. Um, but so this is the um, the the Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona. And what's really, it really is terrifying when the people that are set to educate our children are so blatantly misrepresenting quotes that didn't even happen that long ago. So let me play this clip for you real quick. See what you did, John? 
You made it slow down. You cursed it. Come on. One second. If you're listening to this, we are having technical difficulties. The video is in one place. So let's see if it works now. You know, we're going to set up follow-up calls with every governor we met with to make sure we're available. Um, As uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Um, There's there are resources there. There's technical assistance there. And there's a playbook that could support the work you're doing. Count on us as a partner in this. Our students are waiting. Thank you. I don't know how you um, rewrite that quote so badly that it means the exact opposite of the way that you're you're using it. Like, if you don't know the quote from Reagan, here, here it is. You all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And it truly is terrifying that the Secretary of Education doesn't know that that's how Reagan said it. So this is what what we see. This is kind of interesting, though, because we do know that, like, the left and the media and everybody like that, they, they do this revisionist history. So, and we're seeing it happen throughout our textbooks, but it's a lot more subtle because it's harder to like um, go back and, you know, listen to the words of like George Washington, for example, if they rewrote something that he, um, if we go back and we say, you know, Washington said this, and then they go and they change what we learned that he actually said and, and then re- rewrite it. But now we have video and everything like that. But they do this all the time. We see this in real time. Like the media does this quite a bit, actually. So like think about, we can think about Donald Trump's um, speech about the Charlottesville riots, right? Where he condemned white supremacy. But the media just plays the clip of there was fine people on both sides, and that he condemned white supremacy and Antifa. He, 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 so that's what we see them do all the time with just editing stuff out of context. But this is just like quoting something so out of context like this. That means exactly the opposite. Like it's not even just leaving something out. It's like it means exactly the opposite of what he was saying. Like you, my friend... Mr. Mr. Cardona is exactly who Reagan was talking about. You are terrifying. It's insane, these people. I mean, gosh. But he does. You're right. He he knows what he's doing. And actually, I think Corey D'Angelo said the same thing. You can't be this stupid. Um, they know exactly what this means. They know exactly what the quote is. Um, what he was doing was leaving off that first part to make it seem like Reagan believed in a bigger government because that would be something that would 
you know, the right would be like, oh my gosh, if Reagan said this, no, 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 he, he um, that's, he's using it to push this narrative and, and, and it's exactly the opposite of what he meant. Interesting stuff. Like, um, oh, got chats on rumble. Are you Shackerfold says, are you still with Georgia law cabin? Yes. I'm not, I'm not on the board of the Georgia Log Cabin anymore, but I still attend events and still talk to the team. So, um, yeah, I guess I guess I am. Actually, um, if you saw the picture of me a couple weeks ago with Chadwick Moore, who was the editor-in-chief of Outspoken, um, wrote the book Tucker. The, uh, uh, that was at a joint event with the Georgia Log Cabin and America's Future, which are both great organizations. If you haven't checked them out, um, I would say go do so because they're both um, the Log Cabin Republicans and um, America's Future, which is more of a liberty-minded organization, nonpartisan, but um, it's, it's great organizations. Either way, so go check them out. And if you're not on Rumble, if you're just watching me on YouTube, definitely go subscribe to me on Rumble because you know we like to get spicy over here. We like to test the boundaries of of the YouTube <laughs> censorship complex. Um, I actually was surprised because last week we talked about Jan 6 and I did not, I think I got fully monetized on that video. The first live stream that I've done I think since I started doing live streams that was fully monetized, normally they're like ad limited because we get so spicy over here. So, so um, for the new people in the chat, yes, welcome. We're spicy over here. Um, I also stream live on Twitter. And as you know, I call it Twitter, not X because they have not given me subscriptions yet. So I will continue to dead name it. But Moving on to the the title of the episode and the first what was going to be our first article for the day, um, we are moving to Business Insider. So, Business Insider. One second, I just got a message. I got to respond to real quick. Um, One second, second. Okay. Um, so Business Insider talked about I just violenced. <laughs> I just violenced X. Yes. Yes, because because they I mean I'm gonna dead name Twitter all the time because um I'm gonna because they they have they have violence against me. They haven't allowed me. It's been what eight nine months now, and they still haven't allowed like allowed me to have my subscriptions yet. It doesn't matter. And if words are violence, then yes, I violence against X, even though it's the platform I use all the time. But if words really are violence, then uh, Business Insider really is. Um, they're doing their part, right? This is the problem. So they wrote an article theorizing. Now, th this type of stuff should not should not be should not happen. And I think it typically only happens on to one side, but they're um, basically trying to normalize 
like talk about the normalization of the death of Donald Trump. So this is their headline, right? And it says, here is what happens if Trump dies while running in the 2024 election. No, Darren, actually, if I, if I, if I dead name Twitter or X, um, I don't get demonetized on YouTube because they probably like that. But now Twitter, which I am monetized on too, may take that away. I don't know. Um, um, but so why would you even run an article like this? Like, it's almost like you are fantasizing about this happening. Like, they do not want Trump to be president so bad so that they are almost hoping that something happens. It's really a weird thing to do. And like I said, I mean, we don't really see this go the other way. Like, we don't talk about um, how it would go if that was, you know, President Biden. Um, it's it's some danger in the subliminal messaging. So um, basically what it did is that this article went through several scenarios, like hypothetical scenarios, whether... I mean, Trump were to die before the before the primaries, during the primaries, um, after the primaries were over. Like, well, so if he won the primary and and all that, and and it just continue continue to go to say like how like what would happen here and then here and then here. It's just it's a really weird thing now. Um, Jack Posobiec had a, a conversation with Richard Burris. Actually, it was on Wednesday. So this happened over the weekend. Their conversation had taken place on Wednesday. And they were talking about all these different things that they're kind of, you know, normalizing Trump. Um, and Burris had actually noted, like, how when people say that Trump is the equivalent to you know, it is, is no different than somebody like Hitler, then um, that's kind of a, I don't like the word, I guess it is a dog whistle. It's kind of something like, hey, telling their base, like, hey, somebody should do something about this. That's not what I think, obviously, but that's kind of the signal that they're giving to people. Um, that's what their conversation was kind of about. Um, and Burris actually pointed out something really interesting. He said the last time that they, you know, used this kind of rhetoric, last time that this stuff happened, that they used this, uh, when they speculate about a candidate and they claim that he's worse than Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini combined, the last time they did this, a lefty lunatic shot up the, uh, the Republican practice for the Republican baseball game in which Steve Scalise the, um, was shot. Um, and for others. So these types of, like, it's amazing that the people that teach, like, are always the ones talking about dog whistles and all these things about on the right and, like, how these are things are all dog whistles. And now they're doing this stuff. And note that Wednesday, last Wednesday, was also 
the 60th anniversary of the JFK assassination. So interesting timing to publish an article like this. All it does is further the, the divide. Like it makes the right be like, look, they want this person. The left wants this person dead. Um, and they're, and they're pushing this narrative. They're pushing these ideas through dog whistles and stuff like that. I, I typically think though, you know, yeah, dog whistles are not, um, something I believe too much into, but yeah. So but it's not even the left that is against Donald Trump. Um or maybe it is. Maybe I, I guess it depends on the way that you look at this, but um also over the weekend Mitt Romney told CBS that he would rather vote for Democrats over Trump or Vivek. So I guess that may not be considered. That might, that may also be considered the left. Um, this was an interesting interview. I don't think this actually surprises anybody. It doesn't surprise me at all. Mitt Romney is the only person that voted to impeach only Republican that voted to impeach Donald Trump twice. Um, and so there's no love lost between the two of them. So this is kind of funny, though, watching him say that he likes a lot of the Democrats. I'm um, just kind of admitting that he's not he's not really with them. Um, so. But it was interesting to hear him say that he would not vote. He, he wouldn't vote for Vivek Ramaswamy either. When, yeah, I guess Vivek is because he's supportive of Trump. Um, he's popular, which Romney. I, one thing I can't I can't actually believe is that Romney actually won the nomination from Republicans. Um, what was that in twenty twelve? It was in 2012 when he was running for president. And I'm like, I, I can't believe that he was that popular among Republicans at the time. But also I say the same thing about John McCain. Two people who... I actually voted for. And then despise. Like, two people that, like, you want to talk about regret. <sighs> yeah, both of those choices, complete regret. <laughs> and In fact, actually, the last election is the only time that I voted that I did not regret my choice later on. That tells you something. <laughs> tells you a lot. <laughs> Tells you how, how how much people change and how I've changed as a person in my uh, my belief system. I've become much more libertarian over the years. Um, I mean, I was a neocon after 9-11 and moved to be I was part I was a Tea Party conservative, um, which again, it like this is this is what's even more interesting. 
the Tea Party movement was alive and well when Romney was running for office. That's wild. But I'll tell you, like, for me, one of the reasons why I ended up being so, um, I guess, discontent with the Republican Party is because they had pushed small government slashing the budget, you know, principles. And then it was actually after the 2016 election. We had all chambers. We had the House, Senate, and the White House. And instead of cutting the budget, we we increased it by record numbers. That is why I think people... Uh, it's. It, it's hard to be involved in a political movement that is not anything but cut everything. Get rid of it all. The state's no good because people, once they get into power, they always change. That's what kind of, I guess, um, yellow pilled me, I guess, when, if you say it from. Uh, but here's here is the statement. Who do you like in the Republican field? Uh, anybody. Um, you know, I, I would uh, I'd be happy to support virtually any one of the Republicans, maybe not Vivek, but uh, but the others that are running would, would be acceptable to me, and I'd be happy to vote for them. I'd be happy to vote for a number of the Democrats, too. I mean, it would be an upgrade from, in my opinion, from uh, Donald Trump and and perhaps also from uh, Joe Biden. Uh, look, I like President Biden. Um, you know, I, I find him a very charming, engaging person. There's some places I agree with him, but most places I disagree with him. Uh, I think he's made all sorts of terrible mistakes, but uh, I, I would like to see someone else run. So <laughs> he has, uh, this is this is the thing is again he wouldn't vote for fake. He wouldn't vote for Trump. It is interesting. He he says he uh, he doesn't think he would vote for joe biden either that he would rather have somebody else run because he disagrees with him on a lot of stuff um but he gave him praise which is really interesting he, he gave him a lot of praise i like he says he says he likes joe biden um but this is this is how it actually always always happens i guess in washington uh they fight it out and then behind closed doors they're sleeping with each other's wives you know that's kind of the the rumor sometimes um so, I don't know. Don't know. Um, it, I, for one, am glad that Mitt Romney is not running for office. Um, I actually applaud his decision. This is actually one area where I will give him a lot of credit. Is that he will be, what, 70, he's, he, he He'll be 76, 77 when his term is up. I think that's what it is. But he'll be 76, 77 when his term is up. And then he's going to retire. And we all know I advocate having age limits on running for office. Um, so I applaud that decision. Um, I think that that's the way that it should be for all politicians. If you're not 75, if you're, if you're 75, so 75 is a cutoff. So you can't run for office after you turn 75 years old. So you could technically be, I guess, what, 80 years old by the time your last um, 
your last uh, term ends. But still, we need we need we need younger people that have one have a stake in the game. Like if you're older, you're never going to have to actually live under the consequences of the policies that you implement. Let's let's be real. A lot of these things don't act don't affect us as much for years and years down the road. Um, I mean, when, if you, if you tried to, if you implemented socialism right now, our country strong would be strong enough to implement it. And then it would literally decay over the next 15 years and turn into, you know, Venezuela or any other communist country that we see people just in bread lines and all that stuff. That's what would, that's what happens. So they wouldn't have to live under that. Their legacy would be that, but they wouldn't have to live under it. Um, and so I, I, I do applaud that decision. He's doing the right thing. Um, but I also think that means he, he should also go away and stop doing these talk shows. I mean, because nobody, ca- honestly, does anybody really care what Mitt Romney has to say at this point? Uh, Republicans don't. I don't know. I don't know a single Republican that cares what this guy says. And actually, it's like, um, it's funny because. Vivek's team was the one that posted this video <laughs> and was like, that's an endorsement. He, you know, Vivek said he took that as an endorsement. I'm sure Donald Trump would too, um, because Republicans really don't care what somebody like Mitt Romney has to say. If it's like, you know, if somebody thinks that you're their enemy, sometimes that's a good thing. Um, you're, it means you're on the right side of history. Um, you know, and if he's praising, he, and then are Democrats going to really listen to something like what Mitt Romney has to say? No, he has an R next to his name, so they don't listen to anything. So I, what's he even doing there? I don't even know. I don't know. Um, oh, here it is. Romney said the decision was influenced by his age. He's 76, but also we're probably, and he said, we're probably going to have either Trump or Biden as our next president. Biden is unable to lead on important matters and Trump is willing, is unwilling to lead on important matters. It is interesting. Um, Yeah. So he ran for president in 2012 where he failed. Um, So Trump's reaction to his decision to not run was actually fantastic news for America, the great state of Utah, and for the Republican Party. Mitt Romney, sometimes referred to as Pierre Delecto, will not be seeking a second term in the U.S. Senate where he did not where he did not serve with distinction. <laughs> Always the way with words, uh, Mr. Trump. Um, which. It is kind of funny. Yeah, he's there. You're right. You're right. You're right. Darren Iowa says he's a good puppet. That's why he's there. I think you're right. I think he does what he's told. He's, he'll take money from anyone, I guess. Um, and anybody who will give him enough money, we you know, you give him money and he says what you want and he'll vote how you want. Even uh, even trying to the president but he's not the only republican who ha- seems to have this hard on for donald trump um and now i guess apparently if you didn't know 
Donald Trump's support of Israel, or just Donald Trump in general, is the reason for the rise of anti-Semitism, and apparently also the reason for the rise of Islamophobia as well in the country. Um, this coming from another presidential candidate this time, though, another person who just needs to take his fat ass off the screen, Chris Christie. I want to ask about the spike in hate against Jews in the United States. You told the New York Times that you believe former President Donald Trump's, quote, intolerance for everybody has contributed to the surge in anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. How so? Well, look, when you show intolerance towards uh, everyone, which is what he does, um, you give permission as a leader uh, for others to have their intolerance come out. And so, uh, you know, intolerance towards anyone encourages intolerance towards everyone. And that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, and that's been going on for quite some time, not just with Donald Trump, but with university professors uh, on some of our, our, our most elite campuses in this country, with university administrators and presidents who have been unwilling to stand up against anti-Semitism uh, on their campuses, most particularly. And there should be no campus in this country where a Jewish student is afraid to leave their dorm, a Jewish student is afraid to go to their classes, a Jewish student is afraid to go to even have a meal in the dining hall. I mean, that is outrageous and it's wrong. I think governors in those individual states should be sending state police to make sure that they're protected on those campuses. Um, and we need to have university presidents who are willing to stand up and be counted against hate. And that's exactly what's going on here. We saw this display also at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, these are folks who are ignorant. And when they talk about Intifada, my guess is two-thirds of them don't even know what Intifada is. And if they did, they'd be ashamed of themselves for calling for the uh, elimination of the Jewish people around the world, which is what Intifada is. And so, you know, in the end, um, look, I think that there have been a lot of people who contributed to it. And I believe Donald Trump's intolerant language and his intolerant conduct gives others permission to act the same. Governor. Okay. Uh, I think that you can say anybody is to blame with any of that type of logic, right? Um, you can say, you could say any, you know, maybe he's to blame because of, his language towards certain things. Maybe he's to blame because he shut down a beach in New Jersey and then used it for himself. I don't know. Um, that maybe that drew some hate to him. I don't know. Um, I don't see how you can be like, hey, if you're intolerant of everybody, that brings more people to be intolerant. Um, I think he's just bitter that Trump is intolerant of him. You know. Nobody is to blame for, I don't know how I want to say that. This, it just, it doesn't make sense. Anti-Semites are to blame for their own actions. Um, if you have hate in your heart, then you're going to, it's like, how can, how can somebody that doesn't like Donald Trump then go and 
perpetuate violence and hate because of the words that he says um, against groups that he likes. Is that what he's trying to say? But then also his supporters go and support. Listen, you can blame people. I mean, that is kind of the old joke, right? Like something happens that's completely unrelated. And it used to be like, thanks, Obama. Um, That's kind of what he's doing here. He just looks like he's he just he just comes across as a as a bitter man who is never going to get more than never going to get more than you know two percent in the polls. Um, who honestly his he's a New Jersey Republican, which means he I don't know how he he won in a liberal state like New Jersey. I think that's that's the key right here, right? Why he why he's even running for president, I don't know. Nobody likes him. He needs to go away. Um, it, I just, I don't get it. Um, but he does talk about something that's really interesting, too. Because there is a rise in this division. And I think that this is what's interesting is because all he's doing is stoking more division. Um, he's stoking the division against the MAGA base, right? So he's he's putting it out there and, and condemning one group of people with the same rhetoric. Jen McMahon says, did you know that Trump ate my homework? It feels like that's what's happening. Yeah. It's like, because I can't get anywhere, I have to take, Trump down. Um, Trump's the reason that everything's happening in this world, even though Trump literally has zero power to do any of this stuff right now. He's not even in office right now. And yet he's to blame for all this stuff. Can't be the lack of policing. It can't be, you know, our education system who thinks that Ronald Reagan quoted uh, quoted that, you know, the government was there to help. Um, it can't be that, that that's actually teaching it. The problem is, is we've had CRT. We've had, we've had this lack. It's, it's really the problems, our education system. And, and we're not teaching, you know, good, you know, we're not teaching values at home. There's so much that's going on here. A lot of these kids are doing this because they think it's cool. It's the popular thing to do is to be hateful, which is absolutely insane. Like I, I said, that, I don't know if I said this on the air last week, um, but I said it, I think at least in a tweet, like I can literally watch what's happening and see how now start to see how genocides happen because you have people on both sides start to justify hate against groups of people, no matter what those groups of people are. And right now we're seeing groups of people attacking two separate groups of people. You do see a rise in anti-Semitism happening right now. We have, um, which I'll pull up here in a second. We'll go into the next story, but you have a teacher in New York who Basically, there was a riot at a high school because the teacher, the the Jewish teacher went to a pro-Israel rally in support of Israel. 
And then you have all these pro-Palestinian organizations, pro-Hamas organizations out there that are teaching that somehow, you know, teaching that Israel's the bad guy and that all, and, and teaching these teach like telling everybody that it's cool to be, you know, anti-Semitic and all this stuff. And then in Vermont, which is actually um, interesting is there was three Muslim college students that were shot over the weekend too. Um, so we've seen a, a rise in what seems to be a rise in hate crime. Like we don't know if that was related, um, but I think I reported on here, what was it? Two or three weeks ago, there was a, a Jewish woman who worked at the synagogue in Detroit that was murdered. Um, so I, I can definitely see that there's a lot, there's a rise in this stuff. And it's like, you can kind of see why some of this, like how hateful acts start to happen. What's really interesting about this though, and I said this on, on Twitter yesterday, is I personally don't believe that what happened on October 7th in Israel would have even happened if Donald Trump was president. Um, I'll say, I mean, because one of the things that I actually really appreciated Donald Trump on was his foreign policy. He didn't get us in any new wars. And for the most part, the world was kind of like safe. Biden is, and, and this is, and, and one of the reasons why I say that like Israel, like what happened on October 7th probably wouldn't have happened is because for For all of, so it's really interesting. I was actually looking this up to make sure that I, I had my facts right. And I, and I was actually correct when I said this. So you look at how many rocket attacks um, Hamas conducted against Israel over the last, you know, by year by year. Um, and it's, interesting you start reading these articles and then it says the like there was a large attack in 2014 and then throughout the entire and then the next time they mention any more like the next thing in the history of the conflicts between israel and hamas was in 2021 and if you remember so there was this a lot of interesting stuff so nothing really happened during the Trump years um, in Israel. And also nothing happened in Ukraine either, which under Obama, remember Russia took Crimea. And then under Biden, Russia is going to take probably the Donbass. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite interesting because All through Obama or uh, Trump's presidency, nothing, everything was kind of symbiotic around the world. We even talked to, he was even talking to North Korea. Like the first time a U.S. president has actually gone into North Korea. Um, kind of amazing when you think about it. And the first time that they actually had some peace talks between the two countries. So what it was like, it was only like, 
three i i remember it pretty pretty vividly though it was like three months after biden took office um hamas shot hundreds of rockets into israel i remember the attack it was it was a it was a large attack and i remember when it was happening and all i remember thinking was obama gave remember the the iranian deal where Obama gave what five billion dollars of Iran their assets back, and then basically they and then in 2021, almost immediately after taking office, Biden gave Hamas COVID aid, and then like a month after that, all these rockets get sent into Israel. And it just made me realize that's that's when I started realizing that we're funding this proxy war amongst ourselves because we literally gave Iran the money to build those weapons so that they could give them to Hamas to shoot at Israel. Um, and waited over the course of four years until Trump was no longer in office to shoot them. At Israel, because they were, I, I do, I think a lot of these countries were afraid that Trump was a madman and would actually do what he said he was going to do. I think that is, um, <laughs> that is like the definition of strength through power. Um, because you know, somebody like Kim Jong Un thinks that. Trump is a madman and will actually nuke him to hell. He's not going to do anything because he thinks he'll actually do it. Whereas like when Obama placed red lines in the sand, those didn't mean shit because, you know, the uh, terrorists, you know, ISIS and all the terrorists and all the, all these people, they, they crossed all those red lines. And we never did anything. What was it? No, it was Syria. It was a Syrian government. Place the red line in the sand. Didn't do shit. Didn't do shit. Yeah, we promised to use the COVID money. Yeah, Robbie, you're right. Hamas promised not to use the COVID money for violence. It just so happens a month later after they get the money, then they shoot rockets into Israel. And like I said, it was only like three months into Biden's presidency. They knew Trump was a strong leader on foreign policy. And Biden's not. Obama wasn't either. You know, there's, I mean, I, I think that there's mistakes that, that Trump made, but you can't argue with some of the results. I, I still think he did. Yes. We, he didn't pull, he, he's not the one that withdrew us from Afghanistan. I think he should have. Um, but he didn't start anything new. I mean, Obama bombed a hospital and people still praise him. It's really interesting. This is what's really interesting. And this is kind of another tangent to go off of, though, is that I remember thinking, you know, because they used to call George Bush literally Hitler, too. If you remember the days, they used to have like posters and everything like that with George Bush's face calling him like 
all these different names and stuff like that. And now George Bush is actually seen by the left as like he's looked upon in leftist history as a good leader. I, 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 at the time going through like the early 2000s, I thought that he would be seen as a good, you know, history would look, would look good on George Bush. Like that's how, how bad I was. Okay. Um, and it's, it's really been interesting to see that history is starting like, cause I thought his, what he did in terms of like tax cuts and everything like that, he actually kind of helped spur the economy in a lot of ways. I didn't agree with the bank bailouts and everything like that, which is part of the one reason why we're in some of the issues that we're in today, even still. But I thought that history would look, look back on, on George Bush and, and see that he was a good president. What I did not see was that it would be leftist that saw him as a good president and it would be conservatives who think that he was a, he was a, he was a bullshit president. Um, and mostly because of his foreign policy. That's what's kind of amazing to me. I thought that he would, I, I, I thought that, yeah, I thought that he would, the conservatives would, would have thought, you know, cause that's the thing. I was living in this time with a neocon brain thinking that, you know, he did the best he could in times of, in, in times of struggle. Um, and now that I look back on it, I'm like, that was it's like, what, what were we doing? Um, why did we go to Iraq? And I look back and that's why I'm no longer, that's why I'm an anti-war veteran because of Iraq. Um, and we should have just sent special forces in to kill bin Laden. Like ran like Ron Paul had said, advocated for at the time. But that's it's the way the cookie crumbles at this point, right? Um, but yeah, the left love love Bush now. The right hates him. The right <laughs> and uh well, I mean then he's best friends with um Michelle Obama too. So them and the Obamas are good friends, which again is what we talked about with once they get to, like in DC, a lot of these people are really good friends. They make a show on the floor, but then they go behind closed doors and fuck each other's wives. So I don't know. Um, but I was getting to this and I kind of went off on that. But so this is, was an interesting thing that even happened. This is that uh, high school teacher, the New York Police Department counterterrorism unit was called in to investigate a riot at a Queens high school after the teacher was forced to hide. And thank goodness, like the NYPD and school administrators caught wind that the students were going to riot just before it happened because they were able to get this teacher into an office and lock the door. Um, and then these students just went crazy. And this is what our public education system is about. This is the picture that they saw this and she was standing at a pro-Israel event. And this was like on October 10th. So like a couple of days after the terrorist attacks and everything. Um, and this is what they did. I don't know if I can play it. Let me see. Um, I don't know if I can play. Oh, here, I can do this. Can't play the sound, so I don't want to play the sound. One second. There we go. 
And the uh, the video says, POV, your school had one lockdown, multiple fights and riots just because a teacher chose to wake up one day and choose to support against Zionism and occupation. Like, what are these, what are these students actually learning about what's going on? These students don't know shit about what is actually happening over there, the history of this. Um, and they don't know... They don't know what's going on. They are just, again, they're following this stuff. They think it's cool. Like this is the, this is how the left is mostly. They think communism's cool because they don't actually know the full ramifications of communism. Right. Um, but they're about to, I think that, I think that they, they, I would love to trade. I would love to trade people that want to like all these people that are coming here illegally that want to get here, that are good people that want to work hard. I would love to trade these Venezuelans that want to come here. I'd love to trade them for some of these kids who think communism is so great. They can go live in Venezuela or we can trade these Cubans that want to come here with, with leftists that want to go live there. I think that's a good idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, even, uh, yeah, Eric Adams said the, the vile show of anti-Semitism at Hillcrest High School was motivated by ignorance, fuel, hatred, plain and simple, and it will not be tolerated in any of our schools, let alone anywhere else in our city. You know, I don't necessarily know if I believe that it won't be tolerated anywhere else in the city because we've seen these pro, I mean, New York City is overrun with these pro-Hamas rallies. Like overrun with like that. That's where most of them are still happening is in New York City. It's happening everywhere. What is really crazy about this though is, yeah, counterterrorism unit was also dispatched, and they don't just dispatch the counterterrorism unit for for nothing. Um, there was one. Um, Where is the person? One of the... Okay, so yeah, this is um, actually the city councilman, James Gennaro from Queens, the Democrat from Queens, says... <laughs> Whether it was one student or multiple students who did or said something, whatever tr whatever the trigger was, was something was something happened. Um, I know from my many years on the city council that the counterterrorism task force is not engaged unless they believe it is potentially a serious situation. So something happened that we still don't know the answers to as to what triggered the counterterrorism task force. Did somebody make a threat like a terroristic threat like they were going to do something about it that's what we don't know yet i thought that that was one of the most interesting things about this um but what's really interesting and i, I wasn't even gonna this was not even gonna I, I have a whole other stuff i want to talk about too but this one you guys will actually find funny because talking about people who don't know anything about what they're talking about this is the typical leftist. So let's break up the, the the news for the day with libs of TikTok. Oh. 
Hold on. Got to unmute it. Here we go. Just started reading the Quran and I am so excited about it. People thought when I first asked that I just wanted to read it out of curiosity, but I want to read it to study it. I started following somebody on social media that teaches the Quran and hosts a Quran book club for Muslims and non-Muslims. So I'm really excited to start going to that. She was describing the chapter of the bee and that just blew my mind. Like the way that she describes things, the way that the Quran describes things actually makes sense to me. And also, did you know that Allah is beyond gender? Did you know that actually scholars believe that there are two Qurans, the Quran of nature and the Quran, the actual book. And did you know that each chapter is named after a natural phenomenon? I just, I don't know. This whole book is just blowing my mind and I am so excited. I got sticky notes so that I could mark out things that I was, that I was drawn to. And uh, I'm not even through the first chapter and I already have a bunch of sticky notes. I'm definitely going to have to buy more tabs. I'm honestly having a whole revolution with myself where the way that I describe the universe and the things that I believe in are actually described in the Quran of believing in Allah. And I, I've never thought that I believed in God before. And now I'm really having a revolution of self of, I think I actually believe in God. If you've been curious, I really recommend it. There are a lot of people who are converting. There's a lot of people who are reading it. I'm not saying I'm going to convert. I'm not saying that I wouldn't. Um, and I don't know. I just, I know that this is exactly what I need right now. I just wanted to say thank you and just point out how excited I am. Just started reading. The no, Todd, we shouldn't tell her. We should just say, why don't you go, um, why don't you take a trip to Iran? You can see what it's like to live under Sharia. I'm sure you'll like it. I'm sure they'll totally respect your she, he, they um, pronouns. Um totally stuff and this is this is what's going on and you're absolutely right so john stevens since says the fake exciting excited stuff just like the osama bin laden document that, no no that's that, that's what kind of sparked this i think i think that there's so many people that don't know anything about islam these students uh like these kids they are so sheltered living in um, america they don't understand like what's going on and obviously they don't pay attention to the news because Muslims in California, Michigan, and all around the country, and Canada, and and everything else, have been protesting alongside conservatives to keep porn and LGBT stuff out of schools. Like they've been on they've been on the exact opposite side of the queer agenda, okay? The exact opposite side. And so the all these people that are now like all of a sudden being radicalized, I mean, I'm gonna say that they're probably they're just like the clout chasing that they're doing is kind of interesting. Like this is talk about following the new thing, right? So now being all up on Islam and everything like that, like that's the new thing for the generation. Oh my God, I just found it. Once queer is gone, like trans is out the window. Actually, we just saw this because I made fun of this the other day when we saw like the, the Palestinian flag replace the trans, you know, when they posted that and it replaced the, the trans and, and all that stuff on the, on the progress flag. That's what's next. So 
trans is out, Islam is in. And y'all, I'm not I'm not upset about it. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but they're in for a rude awakening. But as long as trans is out, I, I'm tired of trans being like the number one thing that everybody's talking about, it seems like. I just want to live my life, do this show, talk about the news. That's why I talk about the news that I don't read these. I don't I don't watch these stupid videos of these stupid people. But this one, it, it really dealt with what we're talking about today. Stupid. Like this is how you know, like they're just doing stuff and following the algorithm because they know absolutely nothing about what they're talking about. Yeah, go go live go 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 live under Sharia somewhere. See how it works out for you. Um, I'm sure it'll work out fine. Now, I will say one thing that is really interesting about a lot of places that live under Sharia is actually trans is not seen so badly under under in some um some places right so in iran for example the uh what is it they prefer so if you're if you're homosexual if you're a homosexual male in in iran they will basically give you the choice of either transitioning or death because they see that if you do transition then you then you are no longer in a gay relationship right so you're no longer in that type of relationship so um so it's either transition or death in their system so but i i don't know how they would they would they would fare with a queer a queer female um, I don't think that they would like it. I think that they, uh, they would probably say no. Which really, that's the other thing, like the queers for Palestine stuff. It's, it's really, it's really interesting because like, um, you know, Israel has like the largest pride event in the Middle East. One of the largest in the world, um, is in Tel Aviv. And, um, yeah, you're not going to find that in any, uh, I don't believe you're going to find that in any Muslim majority country. Um, in fact, I don't, mm, go, go check out. I have to go see if it's still operating the same way, but if they go, but if, if you go to, if it is go to outspoken Middle East. So, you know, outspoken USA, the, the, um, the the basically the media wing for the uh, log cabin republicans here in the u.s which is log cabin usa a couple years ago they started the middle east chapter where they actually had people that like lgbt folks that lived in the middle east um writing for them and kind of exposing stuff and i think most of them wrote under pseudonyms um and everything like that but you can you can go and see just how it is over there and uh, and and it kind of exposed stuff 
um, which is really interesting. Remember when Donald Trump said that he wanted to um, protect homosexuals in the Middle East and the, uh, the left hated him for that because they claimed he hated homosexuals here but was and was more worried about people around the world instead of just here. It's really interesting. Okay. Yeah, let's move off of that. What is the one... I think I have like four... Yeah. Last of the last stories is a long one. Lots of content on this one. But can we just say this? And this is... this. I, I'm afraid this is coming here, y'all. Um, oh, shit. We're not even going to talk about that. Um, I did... There was one article just gonna tell you go go check it out uh it's actually the uh the officer charged with uh george floyd's death was stabbed after being transferred to a prison in arizona that he was transferred to for his quote own protection they transferred him there because instead of being in the in the minneapolis in the, in the minnesota uh, state pr prison where he may run into inmates that he put away um so they said that he would be safer there but it's dangerous for any police officer in prison um especially one that's as high profile as him unfortunately i don't think he's going to be safe anywhere in prison and this prison didn't seem to be very good um thank you james for the for the beautiful compliment it says you are beautiful and awesome love from alabama Thank you so much. Um, but y'all, what what, so I, what I want to talk about, and I'll try to make this quick, but is free speech. Free speech is the ultimate. And we have to defend it um, with everything. Because our rights are not, cannot be taken away for the quote unquote greater good. As some people in the UK think the uk is literally becoming a, a very intolerant very tyrannical system if if you if you haven't noticed lately if you know so ireland is right there on the front lines too so the irish prime minister who recently vowed to change his very white country seeks to fast track their hate speech laws, which I do believe I talked about on here um, a, a few months ago. Um, but he, as basically their country is having riots because a, an immigrant stabbed, and I think it was a Muslim immigrant, stabbed five people, including children stabbed children so they're rioting over this and now they are trying to silence the people who are upset about this by implementing their new hate speech laws um it, it, it's quite a thing to say um the people taking place yeah the people taking place in the riots are 
hooligans driven by far-right ideology. Or they're just upset. It, it's interesting too, right? Like Antifa and them, they 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 riot here and over there. It's the right wing that's rioting. I thought the I thought riots were the voice of the unheard. Isn't that what we heard during 2020? The 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 uh, George Floyd riots, the summer of love here in, here in the U.S. Riots are the language of the unheard, not of the hooligans and the far right. I don't know. Well, I, I think it's disgraceful things in terms of major investigations. I can't really hear that. All right. I can't really hear that very well. I'm sure you can't either. I can't turn that up. So sorry about that. Uh, but that's kind of what he said. This is the same prime minister who said this. And one thing I strongly agree with the deputy on is the need to target, set a target to have a, a number of people from ethnic minorities in areas of the public service. We have a health service that's very diverse, although less so as you go up towards the senior positions, uh, not so much in the Guardi, not so much in the defence forces, not so much in the education sector, as the deputy mentioned, not at all in the civil service, which is very white, uh, including the Department of Equality, for example. Uh, and that actually needs to change. Um, so we need to have, I think, a target for people who come from ethnic minority backgrounds, uh, but also uh, dedicated recruitment campaigns to encourage people, because we do need uh, a generation of young people growing up in Ireland who are people of color to see black and brown school principals, judges, King Corla perhaps in the future, um, who knows, uh, visibility. Uh. So they need to be less white. I mean, that's that, that's going to be kind of hard because I do believe, yeah, Ireland is 94.1% white. Just, just a very white population. It, it's this, this woke agenda happening everywhere that we, we've gotten so far away from. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. The left has gotten so far away from what like Dr. Martin Luther King said about treating people based on the content of their character and being colorblind. Whereas now, if you don't see color, you're now considered racist. So you used to be racist for seeing color, and now if you don't see color, you're racist. You're racist either way. You don't treat people differently because of their color, because of the color of their skin, you're deemed racist. Um, instead of, so, I mean, people should just be treated equally, no matter what their skin color is, and based on the content of their character. I, I just don't understand why they have... I mean, this is... Yes. Great question, Eugene. Why do they hate their own so much? This is the racism of low expectations that we've talked about before. But they don't... Like, they are the ones that, that don't think that, uh, that they can achieve based on merit. The left are the ones that look at 
people of different look at people's skin tones and say, I don't think that they can achieve based on based on their merit. And so they have to change the rules so that people with a different skin color do achieve, even if they aren't deserving based on merit. I think that anybody of any skin tone should get a job or whatever they want or whatever it is based on if they're qualified for that position. I don't know. Call me a little crazy there. Um, actually, that's not what they're going to call me. Left gets a hold of this. They're not going to call me crazy. I'm going to tell you that. Um, but if you don't remember, so here's, I, I did want to pull this up and just remind y'all of what this bill was. So, um, it's a hate speech bill. And the first thing that I would ask any, any leftist is what is hate speech? Can you define hate speech? Can you define hate speech without using the term hate speech in it? So there's three things that we always want to ask the left when they talk about them. any, any, there's three things that they talk about that we should always ask them. So the first is what is a woman? If they can't define what a woman is, then we know that they, without using the circular definition, they can't define it. If it's not a, an adult human female, then what is it without saying something that doesn't make any sense? What is hate speech? What is the definition without saying something that is hateful to other people? Because that's a circular definition. So what is hate? What is considered hateful? Who considers what is hateful? Um, how do you know if you're breaking the law or not? Like there has to be tangible stuff there. And the other one, what's an assault rifle? Because if you can't tell me what an assault rifle is um, without basically saying a big scary gun, um, we have a problem. But so this, this bill, um, it's the uh, incitement to violence or hatred and hate offenses bill. Um, and basically what it does is it could make a meme illegal so if honestly if you even have a meme on your computer that's never been published but they come in they they confiscate your computer and they say or they just use the patriot act and go in and see what's on your computer which we know they can do um they say making it a crime to possess material that is likely to incite violence or hatred against a person or group what does that even mean who determines if it's likely to do something, if it hasn't already done it? Or what if you make a meme? Think about this. What if you make a meme out of frustration? And then you're like, you know what? I'm not going to send that. That might be a little bit strongly worded. That might not be, that may not convey what I want it to convey. So I'm not going to send it. Even if you don't, even if you just make it, Punishable up to five years in prison. Five years. Five years for hate speech, which you can't even define. This is a absolutely tyrannical bill. It limits freedom of speech. Like, this is a way for them to silence and control. This is absolutely straight out of George. This is straight out of Orwell. 1984, completely. Like, think about this. This is straight out of it. Like, they are literally going to be like, and they can, and they can do this. I mean, they can already do this. When you think about like 1984 and like what, what the whole stuff in there, if you haven't 
read the book, go read it, because I think it's very indicative of a lot of stuff we're seeing these days. Like, they can look straight into your computer and your webcam and be like, oh, this person's, um, like, see what you're doing, see what you're saying. And now if you just even say something out loud and they catch you on your own webcam saying it, then then they're going to put you in prison. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be prison, y'all. It's going to be re-education camps. They're going to put you in the gulags. Like, and this is Ireland. This isn't some like, nor this isn't North Korea. This is Ireland. Okay. This is what it's coming to. And, and, and the reason why this is important is because the gloves have come off. The masks have come off. This is exactly what they want to do. And now they're even saying it. Here is part of Ireland's Green Party. So Green Party Senator Pauline O'Reilly. Because now that bill was when when did I say that the, I, I wrote this article? This was back in April that they were pushing that they were literally trying to see if they could push it through. Now with everything, the riots and stuff that are going over going on over there, they are trying to push this through as quickly as possible. So here's exactly what she said on the floor. When you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but yeah. we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. When you think about it. This is insane. This is insane that she feels comfortable enough to even say that out loud. I agree. As a libertarian, I agree with where she says all government, all government in general, but all gov all legislation is a restriction on your rights. She's right. That's why our constitution is first and foremost, right? And it's a protection against what the government can't do. But all legislation is a restriction on your on your rights. This is the same type of stuff that they, the same type of, com this is literally what they did when they pushed through the Patriot Act. Yes, we're violating the Fourth Amendment. However, it's for your own protection. It's for the common good. That's what she's saying. What is determining, and, and this is also looking at like, this is this is validating this idea that uh, speech is like speech can be violence, right? If you even make somebody feel bad, you can't say it because you made somebody feel bad. Not that people should work on themselves and not internalize stuff, like that. That it's up to you to determine how you react to speech. Like, words don't hurt. Words may hurt your feelings, but sticks and stones, right? Sticks and stones may break some bones, but words, words don't hurt. Words can never hurt me. 
why aren't we teaching people this anymore? Like, you don't battle bad ideas with suppression and censorship. You battle bad idea, like you battle harmful speech with more speech. Like, this is why I like Elon Musk has it right with community notes because bad speech is combated with good speech. And then people can make up their own mind. It's like what ends up happening, you censor this stuff, people suppress their actual thoughts, right? So then they go and it actually makes things worse. That's what people don't realize. Like, yeah, Jen, you're right. I don't doubt it. They're going to ban the novel 1984 in Ireland. I won't doubt it if, if, if it's already come to that. That's what's going to happen. Um, but it's like bad speech then goes and um, like people will suppress their own speech. They will self-censor at this point. And then it, it, or when you ban people off social media platforms, what ends up happening is you ban people. And then it goes into the darkest corners of the interwebs and it's like, it's like mold, right? It just grows and gets worse. And you don't see it because it's in this dark corner of the web that nobody even checks on because it's so disgusting. Um, and that's what happens. Mold grows in those cold, dark places. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. Sunlight, put it out into the big into the into the big bright world. The Shine a light on the mold and it dies because people are smart. People are good. I believe most people are good. Um, I don't think they do. I really don't think they think that most people are good. What's really interesting, and if you go to the Free the People um, Twitter account um, yesterday, it was yesterday, put a quote out or the other day, put a quote out, and it was from Frederick Bastiat, who talked about government. And it said, if people cannot handle, are not good enough to handle freedom, then why are the people in charge of determining who, what freedoms to take away? If they're not good enough to determine, if they're not good enough to be you know, have freedom, then why can, how, how come they're able to take it away? It, it's like they, like this is the elitist mentality. They think they are better than everybody. They think they know what's good. They, they think that they know what's best for the common good. And we're too stupid to actually understand this. Um, and this has even gotten so bad that um, if you didn't see this, Conor McGregor, the, the, U, the UFC fighter, is now under investigation for his social media post um, after this incident in Dublin. What did his post say? Let me see. Um, God, these ads are annoying. I should pay the five dollars and uh, get rid of the ads on on uh, on on our sites, shouldn't I? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's being reported. He's being investigated under online hate speech. What did he say? He says, do not let any Irish property be took 
over unannounced evaporate said property. It's war. Um, he said innocent children ruthlessly stabbed by a mentally deranged non-national in Dublin, Ireland today. Our chief of police had this to say on the riots in the aftermath. Drew, not good enough. There's a grave danger among us. Ooh. Let me see what it all say. There's a grave danger among us in Ireland that should never be here in the first place, and there has been zero action done to support the public in any way, shape, form with this frightening fact. Not good enough. Make change or make way. Ireland for the victory. God bless those attacked today. We pray. Um, so, basically, he's in trouble for criticizing their government's immigration policy. If you didn't notice, that's basically what he's saying is because they've let in a lot of uh, refugees um, from the Middle East. And so he's saying, he's basically saying, criticizing their government, which is exactly what free speech, the number one reason why free speech is so important is so you can criticize your government. But y'all, it's not even just Ireland. It's not just Ireland and the UK. At a march against anti-Semitism in London, I don't know who Tommy Robinson is, but it seems, I guess he's a kind of a divisive reporter. I don't know. He's a journalist, something. Um, he's on the right wing, but at a march against anti-Semitism, he was arrested for doing the job of journalism. For doing his job, he was arrested in London. Um, for causing alarm and distress. Apparently he was warned by police that he, he uh, if he didn't leave, that he would be arrested. So he's not, he, and he told them I'm working, I'm doing my job. Um, he wasn't able to cover the event as, um, as a reporter. But he told them I, his cameraman filmed it and he was, um, saying I'm at work. Like the police don't get to determine who is and who is not a journalist. In England, I guess they do. In, again, this is like the hate speech laws. If you are a condemned person in society, you're not allowed to live in society because you could cause a disturbance. Right? You're not allowed to go out in public. Otherwise, you could cause a disturbance because people don't like you or you're a divisive figure. Um, this is, I mean, basically, they're kind of telling him he's kind of imprisoned in his own home. He's got to stay in prison. He can't go to these things. He can't do his job. As a... And the thing is, is, he supported the he supported the people at the protest. He supported the Jewish people and was against anti-Semitism. And then he was arrested. Like the police told him he was said in advance he was not welcome at the march with 
the force warning uh, offenses, whether from within the protest or from any groups, challenge interfere with the march to be dealt with. Um, basically, Tommy had said that Sky News took the side of Hamas, and it was really, yeah. Like, they even pepper sprayed him. I don't get this. So, uh, Steven says, Tommy is not far right. He just wants to protect the values of our country. No hate watches Oxford speech, and he makes sense to the non-educated. Interesting. I will have to. I, I don't... I, when it came across the desk, it seemed like it was somebody I should know who they are, but um, I actually don't. So, now I know who he is. See, this is the thing, Right trying to suppress him. This is, this is, this is the Streisand effect. This is the Streisand effect. They arrest him. I didn't know who he was. I don't know how many of y'all in my audience didn't knew who he was before this, but guess what? Now we all know this person's name and now I'm going to go check out more of his stuff to see who he is and why they hate him so much because there's gotta be a reason. Maybe he's speaking sense and they just want to silence him. That's what I'm thinking right now. So maybe I'll go check out some of his stuff because they told me that his, he, he's a wrong thinker. And so now I want to see why. It's the Streisand effect is in full, full effect. But that's not even it. Um, I mean, the, the Metropolitan Police put out a full statement on it. Um, they, they basically said, we're aware that the man is had suggested he was in the area as a journalist. This was not a this was not a relevant factor in his arrest. So basically it's like, hey, we don't we don't care you're a journalist. Um we don't think you're a journalist. We don't really care if we don't we we can we can tell journalists we can arrest we can arrest journalists now. And they're, I mean, they're, they're trying to do that here too. They're trying to arrest journalists. I mean, think about like Jan 6, like they're arresting journalists who were covering January 6, the events of that day. It's kind of amazing. In a lot of ways, that's kind of amazing. And it should have no place in any civilized society. Like you can't arrest journalists for doing their jobs. I mean, they're, they're basically talking about arresting people who don't, don't push their approved narrative of things. Again, it's the double speak that it's the it's the revisionist history that we talked about at the beginning. You know, um, again, it, it does. It goes back to the Ronald Reagan quote. It kind of is very much. You know, we've always been at war with Ariana. Is that what it is? Eurasia. We've always we've always been at war with Eurasia. You know. And if you don't get that reference, go see 1984. <laughs> go read 1984. Actually, did they make that into a movie? If not, that's the movie that people should be making. 1984. Go make it. That's the movie that's not there yet, and we need to make it. I would watch it. Like, the people that made Sound of Freedom need to make 1984. That would be good. But that's not even it, y'all. This is when it gets really, 
really crazy. British police rest, arrested two teenagers at a soccer game for making fun of the female referee or making, I, I guess, I don't know if making fun is the right term, but making, I want I, it sounds like they were making sexual comments about said referee. I don't, two 17 year old boys were taken into custody after allegedly making fun of a female referee, Rebecca Welsh during the Birmingham city soccer match. There had been, been there had been pleas put out by Birmingham City prior to the match for fans not to engage in offensive chanting. Have you all ever been to a soccer game or a sporting event in general? <laughs> like referees are generally not treated well, anyways. But because this one's female, you can't you you can't make any lewd comments to them. You can't tell them they suck. You know, um, because otherwise you get arrested. The police told the outlet that they were they were arrested for suspicion of a public order offense after their alleged misogynistic chants. Um, we arrested two boys for misogynistic chanting at a female referee during the Birmingham City's home game at St. Andrews today. Our officers heard the chants being directed at the official and acted quickly to arrest the two who are both 17. They're teenagers, y'all. They are currently in custody on suspicion of a public order offense as we carry out inquiries. We're arresting people at we're arresting people for heckling referees and umpires and what's next? Do pitchers not have rubber arms anymore? Um like in baseball? Are we not allowed to like Oh my God, go back to like baseball days. Like we used to, you used to say all the worst stuff to the other team, like to the pitcher. Shoot. Let's go back and watch the Sandlot. I don't think that the Sandlot, I think that all the boys in the Sandlot would get arrested these days now too for all the things that they said to each other. Well, and sexual assault on Wendy Peppercorn. Peppercorn. I just, y'all, the increased concern over alleged hate speech at soccer games in the UK comes as Irish Prime Minister, yeah. I honestly, at this point, I don't know if I can even go to the UK. I don't think I can go to Germany either. They, uh... I always get those notifications from Twitter that um, somebody reported my 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 stuff to the UK, to the um, German government. So I don't think I'd be allowed there either. But 
I wonder how many Americans would just be arrested on site if they went into the UK now. But the problem is like this is coming here. Anybody who pushes hate speech laws, like period, this is what they believe. This is what this is what communist agendas believe. They believe, you know, speech is violence and they believe that if it hurts your feelings then you shouldn't be allowed to say it literally this is why we this is why comedians i mean think about this are people allowed to be funny anymore in the uk like at all yeah you're right nfl fans would be doomed like but are is is comedy legal in the uk anymore like i, I would Dave Chappelle, would Dave Chappelle have been arrested in the UK over his comments? I hate to say, I think he would. I think I would be arrested just for my content. Rihanna P says they were never funny in the UK. That's not true, though. Um, isn't isn't John Cleese from the UK? Honestly, that's a good. That's a, this is a good question. I think John Cleese is from the UK, and now I think he would be arrested for his comedy over there. I don't know. Y'all, I am going to uh to end it right there. I don't know what else to say about this. This is this is the crazy shit that's happening around the world. Just remember that government does not give you rights. You have rights that are endowed by whatever creator you believe in, if you believe in a creator, but they are endowed not by government. They are given to you just for being alive. If you believe in, in God, then they are endowed by the, your creator with certain inalienable rights that government cannot take away. Actually, Government can only take rights away. Like, and that is why we have to protect them. Government's only purpose is to take away rights. We have to protect our rights. And that's like, our constitution is not a restriction on the people. It is a restriction on the government. And that is why they hate it. That's why the government, the the, the leftists, the Democrats, the Mitt Romney's, that's why they hate it. Because they can't, it is the one thing that, in the Second Amendment, are the things that stop these people from going full tyranny in the United States. Otherwise, we would have these hate speech laws here. We would have, we would have had the, um, the internment camps that they had in Australia during COVID. We we're far ahead because of our constitution that it's harder for them to take the stuff away.
but they did pass the Patriot Act. So it doesn't stop them from trying. And I don't actually don't even really care what side of the aisle you're on because you see it happening on both sides of the aisle trying to take stuff away. So, um, yeah, just remember that. Remember, we it could be worse. I'm I'm not going planning on going to the UK anytime soon, which is kind of sad. But, um, again, I thank you all for joining me today. Just like every Monday, um, we are getting into the Christmas season. I don't know exactly what my schedule will look like this season. I am traveling quite a bit the next couple weeks. Um, in fact, I'm leaving next Tuesday um, for Miami. And so I will have to see how I feel about, about um, doing a show Monday night. I'm also planning on going to visit family for Christmas and um, actually one Monday, which comes on Christmas day anyway. So we're going to, it's going to be a little sparse this week, this month. Um, but we'll see. Um, so just keep an eye on it. I will use the community channel. If you guys don't already, like just watch. I have that, com like there's the community tab on my channel. Watch that. And I'll keep you all up to date on what I'm doing. Okay. I thank you. If you haven't already, click that like and subscribe button. Definitely follow me across all social media platforms. And I will see you next time.